G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might not be so aware, but the words Christian and entrepreneur actually go hand in hand. Uh, where like uh, we all will like to turn our passions into sustainable and thriving endeavors. So this will be part of our conversation today. Usually it's not the passion that we're lacking, but some of the practical skills for starting a new enterprise. So we're going to discuss some of these things today, how Christians can fill in the gaps for what is necessary to get started in a new business pursuit. Well, our special guest through this next hour, Wes Leak, is the CEO of Business Blessings. He's an accountant, a business trainer, a coach, a spiritual advisor, and he is the facilitator of a program called Co-Starters, which will be part of our conversation over this next hour. I want to invite you to be part of the conversation. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Perhaps you have a scenario, perhaps you have a thought, uh, what do I do if I want to get my business venture underway? Well, an opportunity today to chat with Wes and get some insights. You can call us on 1-800-316-316. Wes Leek, another special welcome back to you to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's so good to be with you again. Wes, when we say uh, that word entrepreneur goes very nicely hand in hand uh, with being a Christian believer, uh, how far are we on track or am I off track in suggesting that? What's this connection here? People who are believers in Christ uh, under the blessing of God, pursuing what they do under his blessing, it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Look, it does. And, uh, you know, know, I actually like to go back to Jesus here because the reality was he was an entrepreneur prior to, you know, his ministry. He was a carpenter. He, he, uh, you know, often you think about, like, he made things. People he's ministering to probably sat at tables he made or had doors in his home or all the woodworking stuff he did. So Jesus at his core was an entrepreneur. And if you look back through the Bible, most of the major prophets were business people. So there's quite a history of that in the Bible. Well, business people, and if you take uh, Jewish people, for example, let's, yeah. uh, I don't know whether we're getting into deep waters here, but, <laughs> but, but Jewish business people oh. are renowned for their capacity, almost like uh, that idea of a Midas touch. Uh, whatever you touch turns to gold. Now, I'm not sure how, how Christian that uh, <laughs> illustration is, but there is a certain sense that Jewish people are renowned for their business acumen, and some of that comes back to what has been passed down from generation to generation that's made them the people that they are, and they are business-minded, a business mindset. Is that something you can pick up from the Bible? Look, I think so. Uh, I've been actually reading a, a book by Ra- uh, Rabbi Daniel LePen lately called Thou Shalt Prosper, which is actually taking this idea uh, that the Bible actually has the keys to being very successful in business. And I think one of the bases of it, and it's something that I very much teaching uh, the people, you know, either one-on-one coaching or in the co course, is that business is all about relationship. 
and God's all about relationship. The business actually doesn't happen unless you build relationship with people. Uh, so you could stand on there and do all the marketing you like, but unless you actually have that connection with people, they, they actually won't buy from you. Now, it would be diverting onto a significant tangent uh, to get into the whole idea that some Christian believers believe that Christians are all supposed to be just poor. Uh, and if you are pursuing business, uh, the pursuit will be that you actually make profit. And what you do with that profit, of course, uh, then you've got ethical issues and uh, where you are standing before God in the kingdom and how you use uh, your wealth. But let's just to settle uh, just for a few moments on this whole idea of uh, I'm a Christian, maybe I don't go into business. Maybe I'd be getting my hands dirty. Maybe there's corruption in business and I need to steer clear from it. Uh, what are your thoughts on the pursuit of business as a Christian believer? Well, I think I say that we need to be in the world and not of the world. I think I think we have to go. God's called us to be people who takes the kingdom of God into places of darkness and to take our light. And if we're not in business showing the way forward, then we're allowing that corruption to take place. You know, on a recent conversation uh, with another guest and talking about business, uh, I recall talking about business people in the marketplace as an extension of the ministry of your local church. Yeah. Uh, there's an interesting thing there because of this whole idea that when you are pursuing business, somehow or other you're doing that separate to your worship on a Sunday. Oh, Sunday church is over. We're back to work on Monday, yeah. and now we're, you know, we're functioning in the real world, <laughs> which is not the real world at all. In fact, you take the real world into the marketplace. But what are your thoughts on, on businesses being an extension of what your local church does? Let's take a reality check about what's happening in the church in Australia at the moment. So the average church would be, I don't know, 75 to 100 people. And the majority of Australians don't attend church anymore. That's the reality of what it is. The average business would probably have, I don't know, four to 500 customers. So the impact that a business can have in community is way beyond what a local church can have. However, when the local church equips people to do the work of the ministry and and business is ministry, getting out there, doing that, it extends the work of the church into the community. And it's a connection. People come into your business that will never go into the church. And I think our job is to be out there in the world. I'm very conscious, you know, Neil, I've taken some steps recently to make sure that I'm no no longer in a Christian bubble <laughs> because it's very easy to associate with Christians all the time and to do that. But I think we've seen lately in the same-sex marriage, you know, debate and all that's gone on, that we're not the majority opinion anymore in our nation. But so we need to be where the people are. And Jesus was where the people were. He, he, you know, they they complained about him all the time because he was partying too much. He was at the home of sinners, you know. <laughs> like so, you know, we. I think we need to be there. And and if you look back through history, it is actually Christian business people who have transformed industry uh, to, to a much higher level uh, and has laid the foundation, I think, for what we've got today. So overcoming this idea of the fear of getting your hands dirty, I love that terminology you use, getting outside the Christian bubble. Yes. Uh, in fact, getting into a circumstance where you're rolling up your sleeves and there is possibility that you may be influenced by some of the corrupt practices in the business around you, 
but equally or more strongly your opportunity to influence the business community as you get involved, as you bring your ethics to the table, as you bring a whole new dimension Mm. to the marketplace. So let me give you an example of how this may happen. Probably it's best to answer that. Uh, So a good friend who's a real estate agent, uh, God really challenged him about not operating on Sunday in his local area, in his city area. So he, he, like that was a really a big thing because they used to do a lot of sales on Sunday. So they stopped trading on Sunday as a real estate agency. And do you know what happened is all the other real estate agents stopped trading on Sunday as well. So now, you know, people are thinking, you know, but why do you do that? He says, well, you know, God's very clear about taking a Sabbath rest and taking a day's rest. But that actually can transform a community because it means that those, those people now have time with their own family and friends and they can refresh and they're in a much better frame of mind to go back into it. So I think we can change. And that's an example, local example here in just out of the outer suburbs of Brisbane. So, you know, that can happen. Wes, what do you say to that person who says, oh, I can hear you talking about these Christian principles, how they might apply to my business, but I haven't got a lot of time to learn a whole new set of rules when I'm trying to actually learn the rules of how to do business and be successful. Uh, Applying all of these sounds a little restrictive. How do you talk about the blessing of God in a business when you are applying uh, business principles that are based on godly wisdom? You know, I think the, the basis of a kingdom business comes down to your personal relationship with God. And you can, you can crow all you like about, uh, I haven't got time to take that time out every day to spend that time with God. But you, th- you think about it. You are connecting with the person who created this world, who knows business better than anybody else. And he wants to speak to you and guide you and direct you and save you time and energy and give you new ideas. And um, that is what's going to transform your business more than anything, I think. Okay, let's focus in on the person who has those new ideas. Yes. Because this is really where we're wanting our conversation to go this hour (laughs) and inviting listeners to join in our conversation. Perhaps you've gotten something up and going of recent times you'd like to share your story you've got an idea and you're thinking well what am i going to do to get started Uh, am i equipped am i ready to do this let's talk about that person with a new idea wondering whether their idea has come from god or whether it's just something generated out of their own sort of you know secular self-seeking you know is this something that is coming from god or is it just something that you know i've had an idea i don't know whether this is what god is saying whether i should pursue it how do you talk about that sort of complicated understanding about your ideas look and i think you're raising a very valid point here, Neil, because uh, we are very good about teaching about how to hear the voice of God in a church situation. God told me to go pray for someone for them to get healed, or, or, you know, and, and all that takes place. And, you know, when we pray for someone, they may or may not get healed. You know, that's, that's in God's hands. But when we take an idea that we think God has given to us and we go out into the marketplace and take that idea, it, it affects your bottom line. Like there is a, there's a real hip pocket effect on that. So how do you know whether it's God? Look, my response to that is only by doing it. And, and, but I couple that with it's not what God told you, it's what he's telling you. So it's about, uh, and I use the prime example of Abraham and Isaac. You know, God told Abraham to go sacrifice Isaac. 
But when he got up on the mountain, God told him something else. So often God tells you, uh, God gives you something to get you moving and get you out, but it's that constant going back to him. Okay, God, I've done that. Now what's next? Okay, God, I've done that. Now what's next? And keep going. And you've got to be able to uh, not get so stuck in the mud about it and say, let's keep moving forward. I like what you're saying when you talk about being a Christian and feeling what it is, knowing what it is to be led by the Holy Spirit, uh, that idea of going to pray for someone. Uh, Very simple. Uh, We can recognize that's from God. When we have submitted and committed our work to the Lord, whether it's in your workplace or in business, Having done that, having spent time before God, having been a person of prayer and you commit your business to the Lord, then this idea that when you come across people in your business travels, that you are in fact uh, coming across a divine appointment, that the people that you are meeting with are a part of the network that God is using to bless your business. How do you describe the way that when you have committed your work to the Lord, and you are expecting success, that the people that God is going to lead you to are, in fact, going to be a blessing to your business. You know, this this comes down to actually listening to them and building relationship with them. And, and look, I've often, uh, you know, last couple of years I've been doing some contract work with TAFE. So I've been out in... Uh, uh, I mean, in homeless shelters and those kind of places, helping people establish businesses. And what's been fascinating to me is... You're sitting there with a class of five to ten people, and um, actually, even in our current Coast Artists cohort at the moment, we've got a non-Christian there, which is very. I feel sorry for him at times, um, but it's you know God brings people across your path for a reason, and I really believe that. But it's it's what are you doing to serve them? How are you helping them? And that's really what business is all about, and that can be tricky because. Um, You need money in your bank account. You need them to buy your product or your service. But the way that that happens is through serving them and actually understanding what it is they need and meeting that need, and then you can go from there. Now, listeners might have caught up the idea you just shared. You're actually working in some homeless shelters, helping people to get their own business ideas off the ground. Yeah. So when we're talking about this, uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, the person who wants to get something big started. Uh, but I imagine that we can include everybody in a conversation like this today by saying, even if it's a small startup, there are some things you can do to make that a success. Look, and <laughs> for some people, they need an extra 50 bucks a week or they need an extra 100 bucks a week or 200 bucks a week. But they are, but you know, they're caught with kids at home or they're in a situation, they may have a health issue or something along those lines. But they've got an idea. How can you help them to grow and develop them? And and we've spent, you know, the big organization started small. (laughs) It starts with developing a product or service and finding one person to buy it and then another person to buy it and then growing from there. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. Well, there is some biblical foundation, isn't there, to this idea of a mustard seed that starts so small and grows to a significantly huge tree. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm off track here, because when we talk about faith like a mustard seed, uh, sometimes you can apply that into a business pursuit or an idea that you've got. How do you, uh, am I off track here? What are are your thoughts? 
You know, Neil, I say it takes more faith to be in business than to be a missionary. You think, because, okay. one of, <laughs> because one of these, like, like you are literally taking nothing and creating something out of it. And which is actually, like, that's why I love Genesis so much. You know, God, God looked at the earth and it was formless. And, but the spirit was hovering over the waters and God spoke and it came into being. And, you know, when God's giving you an idea or a dream or a vision, however that's coming to you and however God speaks to you about that, he's, he's speaking to you about the same thing. Take this idea and run with it and go with it and see where I may take you. And, and it's as we're obedient and sometimes it's going to be little steps to get there, but it'll suddenly start to open up. I'm not saying this is easy and it's scary. Like, uh, like, I mean, even uh, us studying co-studies in Australia is like, are you crazy? But you know, but you know, the, the, the thing that I've found is that if God is speaking to you about it is because there's a need that needs to be met and someone out there is praying for what you have. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you, the Tuesday edition of 2020. Our special guest is Wes Leak, CEO of Business Blessings. We are talking about Christian entrepreneurs today. And Wes, I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about this venture that you've got happening. Uh, which is the co-starters program, which is enabling people to link into a cohort. Now, when we say cohort, we're talking about a group of people mm. uh, who are similar of thought, perhaps doing their own thing, but you've got an instant network together of mm. encouragement. Mm. How does this co-starters program work? Okay, so let, let me tell you what co-starters is, and we'll start from there and go from there. So Co-Stars is a nine-week cohort-based program that equips aspiring entrepreneurs with the insights, relationships, and tools needed to turn business ideas into action and turn a passion into sustainable and thriving endeavor. So that's the kind of like the, the technical thing that we're doing with Co-Stars. So in contrast to that idea of uh, I'll buy a book about how to get started or I'll go online and I'll read an article or two, yeah. this is actually a little more interactive because there's real people doing something similar to what you're doing to get their enterprise off the ground. That's right. And I think the, the stats for when uh, for failure rate of businesses are quite high. Um, but what we've found, Co-Starters is now in 60 cities around the world. It was came out of Chattanooga, I can never say that word, in yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> and um, uh, their stats show that uh, five years after someone doing a Co-Starters course, they, uh, generally 80% of them are still in business. So that's quite high. And I can see now why I've, we're just about to finish our first cohort in Australia, uh, first one here in Brisbane uh, this week. So because so we've got 12 people who have very different ideas about starting a business they're all on the same journey of taking that idea and getting up and going but they're in a group together working through it together and so they're able to share their their ideas and their dreams and visions and and also the roadblocks that they're finding as they go along. Uh, now, is this cohort coming together face-to-face -face, or is yeah. it an online interactive thing? Or how do you work it? Yeah, so at the moment it's face-to-face, -face, although we are looking at, I am very conscious of rural and regional Australia, um, and so we will be looking at doing some online ones, but we wanted to do our first couple at least face-to-face -face so that we, you know, got our hands on the ground and, you know, got some feet running. 
And and so if you are in a regional centre now, say in a country town, and you've got yeah. an idea for a business in your country town, yeah. uh, so it's not quite yet at a point where you can link with what you're doing, although that's coming, yeah. and I'm sure you'd like to hear from people, but if you are in a country town setting and you are thinking of doing something as a start-up, yeah. uh, you'd be wise to find those networks that would be able to... Uh, help you to uh, to uh, get you know get over all of the the challenges and the difficulties and the day to day struggles that you're likely to face. I, I think one of the connection points to wherever you are is to, to connecting with your local chamber of commerce. Look, I've been been spending a lot of time talking to local city councillors at the moment because a number of local councils their their top priority is establishing work or getting putting employment in areas and they know that for that to happen they need to establish new uh, businesses for that to take place so there's there's quite an interest uh, for and actually a lot of councils are putting millions of dollars into helping people start businesses so get out talk to people don't sit at home and say one day I'll do this but do that and I think the great part about it is um, co-starters has a one-page business plan that we work on. So if you actually go to our website, businessblessings.com.au, and have a look under our podcast section, you'll see uh, a, a video there of how I take you through that one-page business plan so that you can actually start your idea wherever you are. Well, let's let listeners in on some of the foundations for what they ought to have mm. if they are planning a new enterprise, a new pursuit, uh, something that you've been it's been bubbling along this year and you're thinking, well, 2018 is going to be my year, I'm going to get this started. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's uh, there's a, sometimes a big gulf between having that dream, having the vision, and actually doing something which creates action and then you're underway. Where do you think, uh, with the, the planning, uh, planning stage, uh, where, uh, where there's uh, the idea of, uh, of creating some sort of a, a model, where do, where do you start with your, uh, co-starters program? So who is your customer? <laughs> so okay. who, who, who are the people that, um, so what, and, and at the same time as you're working through that, what is the problem you're trying to solve? And what are those people currently doing with that problem at the moment? Um, so, uh, and so what's the problem you're trying to solve and what alternatives are out there for doing it as well? So look at all those and look at the solution and the benefit that you have. So you'll be doing all that kind of at the same time. So who is your customer? Like, like if you're, um, a window cleaner, for example, who are, are you going to target small business owners like shop fronts that need their windows cleaned or are you going to target, uh, homes? Uh, but then in, in the homes, you know, which ones are you going to target? Are you going to target the upper echelon or are you going to target the lower level, you know, or people in between, busy mums, professional people, those kind of things. So, so there's a lot actually defining who your customer is, is actually a big issue. And you can narrow that down uh, very specifically these days. Now, you're about to graduate your first cohort yeah. with the co-starters. Mm. Now, I don't know uh, whether there's restrictions on it, what you can share, but uh, but no. what should, are there some stories that you can say? Are these people who are in your first co-starters cohort, uh, are they already running their small business outfit or are they ready to launch? Uh, what, sort of, uh, what sort of stories are there to tell, Wes? Uh, there's a mixture of them. Uh, some of them are really in the process of getting up and going with it, and some are still processing their idea. So, 
This is um, so uh, you know one of the things that I've just uh, for those you can't see because we're on radio. I've just opened up a chart, and one of the things that we do in CoStart is is they each week they need to actually go out and talk to potential customers, and they get a star for every customer that they speak to. So, <laughs> okay. I, so I'm, I'm feeling uh, like I'm back at school here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, like it reminds me of being at school or being at Sunday school. But you know, it's amazing how much a star. Giving someone a star actually motivates them to do that, and so um, this is how, so. Like, th- let me give you an idea of some of the businesses that are starting that are working with us. Uh, so we've got a couple who are doing radiation-proof uh, clothing. So, for example, for um, you know, there's a lot of radiation that comes from a mobile phone, yep. or if they're in Asia and they've got the issue with the nuclear fallout and all that kind of stuff. So, if you have um, if you create clothing with 90% silver, this is what I've been learning, 90% silver in it, it actually protects you from radiation. So they're uh, particularly for pregnant mums who want to protect their bub or they want to breastfeed and um, use their mobile phone, then they've got specific clothing that they're developing for that. So that's fascinating to me and all the research and things that are going through with that. Uh, we've got a guy who's starting a bar up. Uh, he's my non-Christian guy, but actually, it's funny. The logo he's chosen actually has a cross in the middle of it, and I looked at it last week, and I think uh, because it's based on Montreal, and one of the key things in Montreal is is a cross in the center of town. Um, so we've got a mortgage broker. We've got someone who's uh, there's a problem with beehives that part of the um, the frames inside the beehives breaks easily. So he's invented a thing to to fix that. Do you know there's two billion beehives around the world? It's huge, isn't it? <laughs> the honey industry. It's it's massive. Uh, we've got someone uh, empowering women. Uh, we've got a couple who are setting up homes for girls coming out of um, jail or out of um, juvenile juvenile detention centres. Um, uh, got a networking group and, and marketing as well, and uh, some musical cards are. A stack of cards, like it's like a stack of playing cards that helps people uh, learn music using cards. Yeah. All right. So now coming back to the gold star idea, because yes. we probably all sat through school at one stage. Yes. And got a gold star for good behaviour. Now, is this is it a good behavior <laughs> Is it a good behaviour well, thing, or is it it's it's when you say you, you made some connections, you get a gold yeah, star. So so this is so for every uh, customer or potential customer you speak to. Uh, you you get a gold star. So the so the course is really about hands on. Let's get this business up and going. So for example, um, the guy doing the beekeeping thing when he was out talking to them, he discovered that uh, the plastic he was going to use wouldn't actually suit um, organic uh, certified people because he was going to use recycled plastic, and he and he discovered that out of that he wouldn't he'd lose thirty percent of his market. So in talking to people, actually discovered that his idea was wrong and needed to be changed. Wes, as we continue this conversation, uh, what are some of the uh, the easy to do business ideas for those who might be listening now, saying I'd start with something small. Uh, and would hope that it would uh, grow into something significant. But uh, some of the simple ideas and uh, new technologies that might be around that uh, might be an inspiration for listeners. Neil, just before I do that, you raise an interesting point because there's a lot of focus on tech startups at the moment and, you know, creating the latest app for this or that and it growing. But I think actually you need to have a look around your house. What are the kind of services that you use every day? So, 
an example of this is uh, Simone who started a window cleaning business. So she looked she, – um, she was a mom who wanted to stay home. Uh, she wanted to send her kids to a Christian school, but they couldn't afford it. What was she to do? So she looked at a list of potential businesses. And actually, if you Google them, list of businesses, there's all sorts of lists out there. So she went through the list and saw, you know, I can become a window cleaner. And so, so then she um, uh, she discovered there's a whole group, Facebook groups of window cleaners. Went uh, went them, found someone who could teach her how to clean windows, and now she's grown that into having five staff of going around cleaning windows just in her local area. So that's like that's a very like window cleaning is not. Well, actually, there is some science to it, as I've learned, because I can't clean a window. Okay. <laughs> so my wife says, <laughs> okay. without leaving streaks behind, but. But sometimes I think we're looking for this big thing, but, but take a step back and do something very simple. A lawn, like you know, lawn mowing is a very you know, like I know our we don't mow our lawn anymore because simply I haven't got time to do that. But you know, the, he, he comes in and he's got quite a run of um, home businesses to do that. So what are those service type industries that you can do? And and it's one thing I imagine to have a skill in a particular area where the business pursuit comes is in this way that you might duplicate your skill and there might be a residual on top of what you're charging for a client to use that service and therefore you're beginning to generate uh, income from your staff. Uh, this is an important <laughs> aspect of just how you get it from the skill that you've got to actually duplicating that skill in others. Look, and and I think you, uh, I had this accountant who ringed me one day, said she'd left her uh, the accounting firm she was working at to set up her own business. She put a website up. She, you know, done all those things. She said, Wes, when does the business come in? <laughs> and I think, well, actually, you've actually got to go out and knock on doors and talk to people and, and do that kind of thing as well. So there's a lot of... Um, there's actually four kind of people that I tend to aim for in this. So there's a lot of professionals who are very good about what they do, but need actually the skill set to learn how to take what they do and set up as a business in doing that. And that's a different mindset because you're suddenly moving away from being on the tools, so to speak, to actually building the relationships and getting other staff and things involved in growing that. So you need to look at those kind of things. And this is normal, isn't it? Uh, You may have your skill, but if you've got to learn a new software program or if the computer hardware breaks down, uh, it's not the same as working for someone else because they've already got the systems in place. As you develop these systems for your business, this is where having the network of someone else who can be able to speak into your business, someone you can bounce off ideas. Yeah. Uh, this is where it's so important. Yeah, it is. And one of the things that we do with the Coasters program is every week we have a different guest speaker who comes in. So someone who's an expert in marketing, well, not maybe, not even in, let me say, like, when I say expert, like somebody who, who that's their field of expertise, you know, is marketing or someone who's recently set up a business. We get a lawyer in, a, an accountant in, uh, someone who's who who has, been there, done that, uh, so that you can share those ideas and learn from. Even simple things like well, what's the cheapest FBOS machine to get? Like that can, you know, you you think you think about it, but but that can, uh, you're, there's a lot of fees involved. What's the cheapest one out there? What's the most effective one out there? What's the best accounting system that I can use? So we talk about all those different things. You can do. And sometimes there will be rules and regulations that come from your local yeah. council as to how you conduct yeah. your business. 
Uh, and the Australian government is very good in this. There's a website, business.gov.au. We can go and actually put in, this is the business that I want to do, and it lists pages and pages and pages of stuff that you need to take into account, and it covers everything from the local government area to state government and federal government as well. So the, the government is actually really good in the information that is out there that we can access. Sometimes it's just knowing that that's where to go, and that's part of the, the being a cohort-based group that – you know, we're learning these things and we bring them back and share them to the group together. Whereas a lot of local churches have their own business groups that gather. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's under a banner of, uh, say, uh, a men's or a women's ministry, yeah. and uh, those people are gathering and it becomes in itself a network for people who are interested in doing yes. business together. Uh, those sort of things, are like, is that growing, that idea of, of having business groups in church life? Uh, more, well... <laughs> This it's a very interesting area because there's a number of business people who want it to happen, but there's a number of pastors who are afraid of it happening. Uh, so, which is and um, uh, look, the reality is that that uh, when you are a business person based in a church, it's a great network to start from. In fact, uh, Rabbi Daniel Penny, who I was referring to before. Said uh, and actually a number of podcasts I've been listening to at the moment, and people have been saying, "If you're starting a business, what's the first thing you do?" And the response is, "I join a local church." And I'm thinking that's great advertising because you've got a community of people there. I think we've been afraid of, um, and this is one of the differences you see between the Asian church community and the Australian church community, is that um, Asians are not afraid to to talk about business in a church environment, but for some reason, the Aussie church is afraid to talk about business in a church environment. And I wonder where that might come from, uh, although I could speculate and say yeah. that sometimes there have been quite aggressive multi-level marketing, marketing companies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And sometimes that has overtaken uh, yeah. people's pursuit. And uh, I, I can imagine where the pastor is concerned about those sorts of businesses right. that actually turn church worship on Sunday into a business <laughs> recruitment ground. Yes. And and, and I, I think there has to be regulations, yeah, doesn't yeah, there, yeah. about yeah, that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. But, uh, but, yeah, this idea of Aussies separating their faith from business, uh, I'm sure that there are other, other deeper reasons too. Yeah, look, I, I think... A lot of it does come back to some like the Catholic tradition of, you know, money is dirty and, and we're to stay poor and those kind of things. But, uh, like I, I would more refer it to as plundering the Egyptians. You know, it's very, you know, recently I got to speak to the Christian Business Women's Group and God, what's the message for them? And God was just talking, you know, um, God told Moses to go speak to Pharaoh, but it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I'm thinking, God, you told Moses to do that, but yet you made it more difficult for him. But if you look at the outcome of that, um, they took the wealthy of the Egyptians with them as they left, you know, which actually funded them during the whole time that they were in the, in the, in the desert. So, you know, it does sometimes God making it harder because he actually wants you to get a bigger take than what you're actually thinking about. And, uh, like, uh, one of the books I, been talking to a lot of people about this year is a book called Two Chairs by Bob Bodine, which is one of the best books out there at the moment about how to hear the voice of God in the business field. And him and I were chatting just recently. He said, you know, um, God said to me to write this, but then he just got an order for 250,000 of his books. 
Like, you know, and I thought, you know, God, that's the kind of thing that you want to do. You want to do above and beyond what we could ever ask, dream, or imagine about. So, But when it comes from that place of relationship with him. Let's not get into a deep discussion yes. today, <laughs> except to say those sorts of foundation scriptures that you might think of as a Christian believer, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Yeah. How that works in practice might be a discussion for another day yes, because so. we're going to run out of time. But let's take yes. a call. Tom yes. is in Logan. Hello, Tom. Welcome along. Uh, yes, um, I'm a. I'm not mechanically trained, but I do have a mechanical bent to me. Um, and sometimes I get some fairly good ideas um, that are backed up because they may be duplicated by somebody else. Um, I've heard of, like, like God um, causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust, and I've heard of um, two people simultaneously getting the same idea. I was just wondering, is, is there any um, programs that can sort of help people develop their um, those sort of uh, ideas and that? Where's Thanks, Neil. So re- really that's what we do in CoStars is we take your idea and work with it and grow it and develop it. Tom, I do just want to address this thing. Um, sometimes, you know, more than one person has the same idea at the same time. But there, there is something about the fact that you are unique and you will develop that idea way differently to somebody else. And just because someone else has another idea, like there's a lot of lawnmowers out there. There's a lot of window cleaners out there. You know, there's – there's a lot of people out there in the market who can have your product or service. And the other thing I'd say is why limit yourself to Australia? There's 7 billion people around the world. Let's let's raise your vision and, and see where it could go. Tom from Logan, thank you so much for your input today. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Robin in Mount Morgan. Hello, Robin. Yes, hello. Um, actually, um, I, I missed the first um, bit of it, but... Um um, you've actually confirmed, um, I, I believe anyway, um, what I believe is God's direction for me. Um, <clears throat> I'm wanting to set up a gallery uh, in my other house. I've I've had this vision for many years and um, I, I just, I've been scared because I'm not a business person and yet I just um, decided a little while ago that yes, I'm going to go with it. I believe that God has um, said that's what he wants me to do and I've always seen it I, I can't see me making a lot of money because um, <clears throat> I'm an artist, basically, and I've got, I wanted to sell paintings, but I've got a doll display as well, a lot of dolls and set up in cabinets, and I've got a house to put it in, and I've been to the council, and they've, they're all happy about it. And the tour bus guy here, he's really excited. He's been waiting for me to start for years. So um, I know that um, people are going to like it, but whether I can... But I'm just trusting God because I don't, I can't see how I'm going to um, make, you know, make money. But I'm seeing it as maybe a ministry because we'll have, um, we've got tour buses that come here. People from all over the world come through. Hey, Robin, so let's I get some to... thoughts from Wes. So, so, Wes, what are your thoughts for Robin? So, yeah, Robin, you raise a very valid point in that a lot of people actually struggle with their own value and their own worth in setting something up like that. 
uh, and particularly artists too, because it's like your work that you're selling to somebody else. And and I dare I say, I'm not being sexist and saying this, women tend to struggle more with this than men, yet at the moment we're seeing that women are the major stutters of businesses in Australia. So what I would encourage you to do is one of the, um, I've got a podcast on this, is actually how to to know your own worth and your own value. Uh, and until you get that right, you won't actually charge enough for the products or services you're doing. But uh, I encourage you, too, to check out our one-page business plan because that will actually help you to to get your idea uh, more fleshed out and guided and developed in that way, too. Thank you to Robin from Mount Morgan. Let's talk about this business plan idea because you've got a simple strategy for getting a business plan, getting a model in place, overcoming those fears. And that would be another thing we could talk about uh, when Robin says, I've been afraid to start this. Fear is one of those things that holds us back. But uh, a quick explanation of of how important it is to get a business plan and you've got a simple model. Yeah, if you plan to fail, you'll fail to plan. Is that that how it goes? So CoStars has developed a one-page business canvas. So it's graphical. in other words, it's got pictures all over it. So it actually it's designed so that you can stick it up on your wall, and we encourage you not to actually write on it, but to write on the sticky labels and stick them on there because your idea will grow and develop as the ideas come. So we look at the different areas of uh, your who's your customer, who do you serve, your problem, what is the problem that your customer has. We look at the different alternatives. We look at solution, benefit, advantage, your message, your distribution, and then we look at how you're actually going to make money and then your startup costs and your ongoing costs. So that's really all you need in a business plan. And sometimes people get think I'm going to need to put do all these extravagant spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff, which you do need to do. You've got to work through your numbers. But let's start with the bigger picture first and then um, mine down into what you need to do in each of those areas. Now, let's not undervalue you here, Wes, uh, <laughs> you know, as a business coach. Yeah. <laughs> Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wes Leek is our guest. He is the CEO of Business Blessings. He's an accountant, a business trainer, a coach, a spiritual advisor, and is the facilitator of this new program in Australia called Co-Starters. We've been talking about what it takes to get your idea up and running for the new year. Uh, Wes, one of the things that came out in that last call uh, was this idea of being fearful of Mm. making a start. If you've got an idea, uh, you might be grappling as to whether that is a God-given idea or whether it's just something that's just an idea that's going to pass. But once you're settled on the fact that you ought to do something, fear is a major thing that can hold you back. Look, there must be a reason why there's 365 references to do not be afraid in the Bible. (laughs) You know, we, we see that constantly, God an angel appears, do not be afraid, or God says to Joshua, do not be afraid to step out. Um, you know, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And one of the best ways to overcome fear is, is one, to know you're loved by God uh, and moving forward. And I think that's actually the basis for being in business. In fact, we had Stephen Jess from Network Communications talk about that recently, that the foundation of the business is love. Um, but with that, the best way to overcome fear is by action. You know, picking up the phone, talking to people, sharing about your idea. You're going to get some people who say no, but thank goodness, because then you're going to get to the ones who are going to say yes. 
Is there anything in Christian believers that you've picked up which might indicate that they're less fearful or are they just as fearful as anybody who might have an idea and the pursuit of their business? That's a big question. We're we're running out of time, so (laughs) 30-second response. 30-second response. I I think it's knowing that the the God of the universe lives inside you. You know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And often I come back to that when I'm about to go into a meeting and think, who am I to go meet this person that's in front of me right now? God just reminds me the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And the fact that he has our best interest at heart doesn't mean that we'll not face challenges, but ultimately our success is in his hands. He is for us and not against us. And, and, And he says, though we walk through the waters, though we go through the fire, he is still with us. And that will never change. Well, I want to point people to the website businessblessings.com.au as we've been talking about some of these different dimensions of what you do in helping people get started. Uh, there are links in your Business Blessings site for people how they can, uh, how they can get their business centered in Christ and, uh, and pursue that into success. Uh, what are people going to find when they go to your Business Blessings site? So one of the things that we've just released recently is the thing called the daily journey because one of the things I'm very conscious of is that uh, people don't listen to the voice of God on a day-by-day basis and they're not reading the word of God on a day-by-day basis. But how do we then mix that with actually um, the practical agenda of the day? So hence one of the reasons why we put together this new thing called the daily journey to help people in doing that. And of course, as we've been talking about the co-starters program, are there some resources that people can download that yeah. might be useful uh, that even though they are not able to get into a face-to-face yes. cohort group? Yeah. So if you actually go, uh, one of the things that we do is a podcast. If you go on the podcast, you'll see there's a one-page business plan podcast. So there's actually a video of me talking through the the one-page business plan, and you can listen to that on audio or video. All right. You'll be able to see Wes Leak's smiling face delivering <laughs> those uh, those uh, programs. Uh, businessblessings.com.au. Wes, always enjoy our conversations. Yeah, thank you so much, Neil. Thank you so much for being with us today on 2020. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.